Welcome back to the Office Marketing Podcast with Mike Swigert, the podcast all about sales tips, mindset, and value bombs. Five questions to help make your day more productive and learn a thing or two. Here is your host, best-selling author, Mike Swigert. Hey, everybody. Thank you for taking time out of your day and listen to the Office Marketing Podcast. I have got one of the uh, best flooring experts, not only from uh, the concept of understanding flooring, but all the way to running an absolute amazing group. Um, he's going to walk us through it. He's going to walk us through his, his path. He's going to tell us about his amazing association. He's going to tell us about his experiences. Um, just an all-around great guy. It's uh, Mark Bischoff. He is the president and CEO at Starnet Commercial Flooring. Um, he is just, the more we talk, the more I learn about flooring. So, and, and I'm not really that interested in flooring, but you're making it sound pretty interesting, Mark. And I really appreciate you uh, taking time uh, out of your day to talk to us today. Thank you very much for having me, Mike. Appreciate it. Hey, Mark, why don't you, you have a, you have a fun background. Your background, you've got enterprise experience. You've been working a long time and you're not that old of a guy and you have a lot of great experiences. Can you walk us kind of like, give us a nickel tour of, when you started to where, how you got to where you are today? Sure. In the early 90s, I was trying to afford my college education, and I was able to take a part-time job at Sears in the commission sales department floor covering. And so that's how I got into the flooring business. Uh, one day I was folding towels in a seasonal aisle, and the next day I was setting appointments for the uh, uh, floor covering division and eventually Wait, in Mark, Mark, real quick. How old are you at this point? Like how old are you now? Cause folding, folding towels, you could be 16 selling flooring. How old are you doing this? I was an adult, technically an adult. I was, I was in college. So okay, cool. All right. Great. 20 years old. And, uh, the, the, uh, interesting part of that setup was at Sears, there were certain, uh, parts of the company that were commissioned. So if you, so washers and dryers, that was commissioned, televisions and computers, commission furniture, and uh, floor covering was a commission department. So they needed some people that were more mature, but it, uh, it was interesting uh, to me because you got to deal with the public. There was constant foot traffic. You know, Sears had that built-in muscle. They were number three in the flooring business uh, in the country at that point. Now, Mark, was that, was that just residential or were they touching anything commercial at this point? Well, at that time, Sears owned Allstate, and that was the first what I would call commercial business we were involved in. So the Allstate branches uh, were encouraged to contact Sears for their floor covering. So oh. that's how I got my first taste of, of commercial, and at that point, you know, it was basically Broadloom uh, uh, commercial carpet and Allstate offices, and we had to figure out how to move furniture and all those things. It, it was an interesting experience for a young person. But I ended up doing training for three stores, teaching people how to measure, mostly residential, and running installation crews. So that was a, a good experience for a young person. And after I graduated uh, and had all of my student debt, uh, like any normal person, I sent my resume to all the companies that we dealt with. And I got a call from a small company in Northeast Ohio called Johnsonite, which was basically an accessories producer at that point, family owned company and uh, probably doing 28 million. 
and had a lot of experiences while there. They were bought and sold twice while I was there. Uh, family company, private equity, and then uh, a large manufacturer called Tarket acquired us. And uh, it was a great experience. So I, I had lots of roles in the field, dealt with national accounts like Starnet, uh, national co-op groups and business, and ended up being the uh, sales leader for the resilient commercial business in Tarquette for North America. And uh, so it was a great run from 28 million to 360 million. Yeah. Did, yeah. What was your, what was your favorite job you had through that whole Johnsonite and Tarkat? Were, were you a, were you a product manager during this time too? Or like, maybe that wasn't your favorite job, but like, what did you enjoy most about that experience? Well, the product management job was interesting because you had to deal with lots of different um, parts of the company and outside suppliers. So we had, you know, it, again, great experience because I had to deal with intellectual property agreements. You had to, uh, sourcing issues. Manufacturing people have a little bit different view of the world uh, than sales. So I, I obviously grew up in a sales environment and a sales mindset. And it was a great uh, broadening of my skills to understand really the practicality of we have to make these products at a profit and get them into the marketplace. So it can't all be warm and fuzzy. There has to be some practicality to it. So it was a good grounding for me to understand there's two sides to every story. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I love that. I, I love that experience. And I would always enjoy that. Like, you know, I sold uh, GE and I sold Hayworth and I sold Miller, but some of my favorite times was actually going to the factories and then talking to the people and talking to the R and D teams. Like, Hey, what are you doing here? You know, why did you do this? Why, you know, like, when you really kind of pull the curtain back on Oz and actually talk to the people that actually are not only designing, but actually manufacturing and building things, man, that's, you talk about truly understanding something. I mean, gosh, Mark, you must know it better than most. Well, it's been a, a great ride for me. I've been all over the world in our industry in and out of lots of manufacturing facilities that, you know, I had to sign NDAs to enter. So uh, it was a great experience, uh, great run for so many years, and I was able to be exposed to the, both the limitations and the opportunities of different manufacturing facilities. Uh, so the nice thing about being part of a much larger organization like Tarkett is they're into lots of different things and they have a global footprint. So it gives you a, a much broader awareness of what's happening. And then today in my role, it's helped me because often when I'll visit our partners on Starnet, the manufacturing side, I can see things that, you know, they think, well, this is how we run the business. And, you know, I'm always compelled to say, well, you don't understand. What you're doing is very special. You need to tell the world about this because it's not, you know, what we do on line A in this plant. You have a unique capability here that you need to tell the world about uh, because a lot of people probably have no idea that you can do this. All right. So, so it's a lot of, yeah. Yeah. Talk to you about, was there a product? What was, what was a product that you were a part of that you kind of saw like, Oh, this is a pretty basic product. And then it just took off. Is there anything, anything come to mind? Yeah. Well, the, the, probably the wildest ride we had was we developed an extruded uh, profile that 
imitates the effect you get with wood base, baseboard, like architectural millwork. So we were able to produce, mass produce, and that, I guess that was the, the secret, a resilient profile that looked like wood that was much more durable than painted wood and went into lots of originally hospitality spaces. So most of the casinos built in Las Vegas after the Monte Carlo went up had this product we called Millwork in it. And that was a wild ride because you'd get an order, you'd run the machines seven days a week, 24 hours a day for months running a casino order or a hot, large hospitality project order. And now it's kind of, you see it everywhere, you know, it's in uh, branded hotels uh, all over the world as a standard, but it was a, it was a huge hit because it emulated the look of architectural base, but it was compatible with modern construction techniques mm -hmm. and durable over a long period of time. So it, it hit that sweet spot, very simple, you know, nothing huge technologically as far as a breakthrough, but everyone loved to look at it. it the value was immediately apparent and it was compatible with modern construction techniques. And it was just a huge hit. It did change the industry. Who did the who did the install? Was it the flooring guys or the millwork guys? That was the that was the big um, hurdle we had to break. There were a couple again simple things. Um, we made eight foot lengths, and they were flexible. So it you can't imagine what an eight foot pallet on a construction site for people that are used to do, dealing with four foot pallets. It was like the end of the world. The other change was the trades. You know the the. Carpenters were fighting, well, this is our work. The flooring guys were fighting, no, this is our work. Sometimes the drywall people got involved. It was crazy. Uh, but once everyone got comfortable that new solution that kind of blended, you know, carpenters could put it up, floor covering, uh, resilient mechanics could put it up, uh, do-it-yourselfers could put it up. That, that was the, the big change. And once we got everyone to trust, they could cut it with a saw and use the right blade. It changed the industry. I love it. I love it. All right. So, so now Mark has great experience from uh, sales, right? He, he's been not only just sales, but like actually getting on the phone and calling and following up with clients and setting appointments. He's got a mid-sized business. He's got enterprise business. He's got operations. He's got product. Now, uh, Starnet grabs you, right? Now, now you're at, now you're here. You're at Starnet. What is your what do your responsibilities look like here? Well, I'm I get to work with all my friends. So most of the companies in Starnet, I built my career around on the manufacturing side. So I have long relationship with these folks, and uh, have seen a couple of recessions and tough times with with them. Uh, I was recruited as part of the succession planning for the organization. So the organization started in '92. It came out of more of a, I guess, a fraternity of folks that would get together called Comspec, which turned into uh, a, a more formal organization, which was IMG, which eventually became Starnet. So Starnet is a marketing co-op. It's made up of about 180 members in the United States and Canada of independent commercial flooring contractors. So they all run their own business. They have their own history. Some of them, you know, the companies are much older than Starnet, sometimes a couple of generations. 
And these entrepreneurs are involved in most of the major construction projects in North America. Well, what do you, what else do you do? Like your day to day, like what, what's keeping you busy? Yeah. So my day to day mainly is around helping to provide value for all these independent companies because, you know, the challenge that the value of an association is you have thousands of years of experience within a phone call away. So not only did they get the staff experience, my experience uh, uh, from Starnet, but they have now have a non-competitive connectivity to peers that understand, uh, you know, it, it could be something simple like who makes the best overhead door or, you know, what kind of sprinter van are you using to something much more challenging like, uh, how do you manage union labor across multiple state lines and what software program do you use to do that? Hmm. These are all very precise questions that for a independent entrepreneur, they may spend days, weeks, months trying to figure that out. Whereas being part of Starnet, they have a few friends they can call in a few minutes, literally in a few minutes, at least get 80, 90% of the way there. And then obviously they'll make their, their own uh, decision about what's right for their business. But it, it allows people to work on their business much more than in their business. So they can do it much more quickly and focus time on customers or other things that have much higher value to them than dealing with, you know, what's the best deal on a copy machine or what plotter are you using and just, you know, strange industry stuff that should only take a few minutes, but people will spend months on. Uh, I agree. Yeah, Mark, I'm, I'm a member of two masterminds or think tanks, right? And I got great advice a long time ago. I'm 50 right now. And I got great advice a long time ago. They said, if you're working on a project, uh, try to find someone that's just a couple hundred yards ahead of you. Um, not someone that's 10 miles ahead of you, right? Like if you're, if, because they know, they, they know your pain. They know exactly. And, and it's cool about Starnet is that like, you know, if you have a X dollar company, well, wouldn't it be great to get advice from someone with a, a 1.2 X or 1.4 X size company, right? Or maybe a 2 X, because if you have this and you're talking to someone that's a 300 X, you're like, you have no idea what I'm going through. You don't even remember you've been bought three times. You know, like, I'd love that. That's where associations are so powerful is like, and then we spin off and I, in my mastermind, like we, we have other little small groups that are more in line with what I do. And I would be three years behind where I am in my company if it wasn't for that, those peer relationships. And what else does Starnet do? I, you mentioned something about an annual meeting, but like, what else do you do to get the, the members talking? Yeah, so we, we, we do a lot of webinars with the vendors. And so the other part of our mission is to make the manufacturers much more effective in their execution. So when you're dealing with 180 clients as one-offs, that's very challenging. So normally they'll say, okay, well, here's our dealer strategy. What we would like them to do then is further refine that and say, yeah, we have to deal with the trade. However, we have a Starnet strategy that's part of our dealer strategy. Mm -hmm. And what we allow them to do again is to take something that might take years, a product launch or initiative they're trying to accomplish, or we'll get calls um, from manufacturers say, we're trying, we're working on our freight policy. You know, that's a big topic right now with containers and truck drivers and everything. How, 
can you give us some examples of what makes your members happy? And we're able to do that. What might take them months to do through their normal sales force, we can dial up in a few days and get them results so they can actually take action more efficiently. So whether it's a vendor who's trying to launch a new product or, or working on strategy or just is wondering how can we provide more value, if they come to us with a scenario, we'll say, from StarNet's perspective, here's how we think we can help you accomplish what you're trying to do with the least amount of time invested and the best results. So it really works both ways. It works both for the members, but also the manufacturers that have lots of things to deal with. Like we talked earlier, um, they have freight issues, they have labor issues, they're trying to deal with COVID right now, they're trying to run manufacturing facilities. And for them to be able to get a refined and efficient path to their client base, it's golden if they take advantage of it. So the manufacturers that we work with, we work with about 50 uh, vendor partners. If they're clear about what they're trying to accomplish, StarNet is a high value and very efficient uh, organization to be a part of. You mentioned earlier the meetings. If you're a senior executive for a manufacturer, you can go see the best customers in the industry in two or three days of one of our meetings. One flight, a couple hours, it's fun. You know, the members are a blast in person. And, we, you know, we generally have a nice meeting and a nice property. But, you know, the members say, boy, I love coming to these meetings, but I work harder here than in my business in a couple of days because it's, it's a high intensity interaction, great uh, facilities, great uh, uh, content, but it's intense. Mm-hmm. Different from a trade show because it's much more personal. And uh, we have folks that have built relationships that are not logical. So an example is there's a, a, a group that gets together made up of Canadians and people from Ohio and people from Arizona that you say, well, how do these people get together? They got together at StarNet meetings, and uh, these are long-lasting, wonderful relationships that they wouldn't have had without being at StarNet. This episode of the Office Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Fusion Advisory. We help commercial contractors generate leads online profitably. Check us out at fusion-advisory.com. All right, so it, it kind of gets into it. I saw the great value when it came to StarNet as being a sort of like a member of Starnet, if I'm, a, if I'm an installer, or, you know, in, in, in the territories, but for the manufacturers, that's pretty brilliant that they can come to you guys and come up with other solutions. Is that, is that pretty common? Like are the manufacturers coming to Starnet asking questions like that? Is that, a, is that a regular thing? Yeah. It, um, again, the industry, the industry has enough longevity as far as people that stay in the industry for a long period of time. They know of StarNet. And so commonly they'll come to us and say, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I think where we surprise them is how quickly we can assemble to execute. You know, everyone always says, well, we want to do more business together. And then, you know, you talk about a few things and the follow-up's not good and there's not uh, intensity around the results. I think where we do a much better job today is if a manufacturer is investigating something or they come to us with a project, how quickly we deploy. Sometimes it's like, oh, we're not ready for that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we can, we can scale it to different uh, uh, levels. I would say 
we're often surprised at how um, people are not taking advantage of, of what we have to offer as often as we believe they should, because we try to make it easy for everybody. All right. So what's in it? A lot of my people that listen to this podcast are project managers for, you know, commercial real estate groups, specifiers, you know, for the, uh, you know, the Genslers and Perkins and Wills of the world, they're specifying um, this. I get a lot of really nice notes from, from people that work in those industries. What should they know? I mean, it's, it's a no brainer about, you know, from an installer world, you know, or even GCs, why don't we go there? If I'm a project manager for a, a commercial real estate group, I'm a specifier, or I'm a, or I'm a general contractor, why should I know StarNet? What, what's important about knowing StarNet and how can it help me in my business? Yeah, there's some major changes. I think the mobility in the industry is a major thing. So if you build a $100 million hospital in a, in a market, often you'll go to a larger market and build a $200 million hospital. That's just how the, the industry works. And so the geographic mobility of professionals in the industry require these connectivity points where you can execute locally, but you have a broad national network where you can draw on. StarNet is kind of a built-in network that way. And although it's very difficult to scale service, so if you're great in New York City, it's often difficult to be great in Kansas City. But a professional who does work in Kansas City may want to further their career and do large projects in New York City. Well, if they go to the StarNet website, they're going to find a qualified professional flooring contractor to work with wherever they go in the United States and Canada. And when I say qualified, although they're all independent businesses, there is a baseline to be a StarNet member. So you have to have some scale. You have to have references from the industry. So we always, if you're a new StarNet member, you always have, always have to have references from the manufacturers that say you're a quality company, you pay your bills on time, you don't have a lot of claims, you don't have issues. So as a, as a organization, you can say, okay, again, I'm gonna get 80 or 90% of what I need if I just go to the StarNet members. The other local issues, you work out locally. But if you can get almost all the way there by you know, going to one website or calling a local StarNet member, that saves you so much time to work on the business rather than being in the business. Like, who do I call? I just moved from Kansas City to New York City. I don't know anybody. Call StarNet. Mm, I like that. So that makes sense if I'm a project manager. Specifiers um, obviously now have great uh, people to lean on. And if I'm a GC doing a uh, multi-location project, I can literally just use StarNet and get reliable contractors in each market. I like yeah. it, Mark. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and depending on how the deals work, you know, sometimes it's contract by city. Sometimes people want to write one deal and then the StarNet members will work together to execute and they never want to let their peer group down. So if a member in California is calling for help in South Carolina, that member in South Carolina will send their A game to that client because they don't want to let down their peer in California because obviously they want uh, to be able to hold up the StarNet reputation across the country because it's good for all of the members. But in addition, you know, the shame of going to a meeting when you had a job go sour, you know, they, no one wants to make that walk of shame. So oh, they no. yeah. Well, you know, I help, I help, I help multiple associations and um, 
I don't even want to hear about the conversations when things go sideways. I only I like maybe just because I just want to fill my, my life with so much positivity. It happens, but it's nice about an association like this because you can get three or four people on the phone and say like, hey, guys, figure it out. Pay the bill. Let's go. Come on. Move on. And I think for the specifiers, the other thing that the StarNet members bring is uh, they see the space like the specifier does meaning all the elements, you know, how do you deal with the floor wall transition? How do you deal with a short return on an inside or outside corner? These are things that drive designers absolutely crazy because it's not a facade. It's not a discussion about a feeling of a space. It's, I love my design, but I hate that corner or I hate that column or I hate that transition to the ramp. And StarNet members have to understand all the different surface finishes, including even if they're not installing it, how it works with the wall, the ceiling, you know, uh, hardware, door frames, things like that, because they have, they have to deal with that in their bidding and their takeoff, how to manage it. And there's all those little bits and pieces that, you know, if I'm a specifier and I believe in my vision, I feel much better if I have a StarNet member making sure that the little details are managed properly, that it's not a schlocky uh, end result. And so I feel good about my entire vision, but I also feel good about those little details that would drive a, a specifier nuts. Oh, I like it. No, it makes a lot of sense. I'm actually having uh, nightmares. Um, I had to do a project for a large beverage company here in Atlanta. I don't want to say their name. Um, but I was doing their uh, main reception, their executive reception area, right? I mean, it was not a large area, probably seat maybe 25 or 30 people, right? It's kind of where like exact, you know, VIPs would come in town, they'd wait here. I mean, it was, it was done to the nines. But the biggest pain um, or the biggest challenge I had during this project was about a, a 45 or 50 foot curved custom banquette that the, the, contractor decided not to make the back wall perfect, you know, a perfect curve. He wanted to kind of go in a little and then almost match the swoop that was in their logo, which changed. We didn't know that um, after we had sent the original plans. So I had to come in, do a 3D. Uh, um, I had to come in and have lasers shot of his wall, send it back to the, the banquette manufacturer. And then I get this whole banquette, beautiful, beautiful, all the way up to the ceiling, tufted, gorgeous. The whole thing's built. And the, the project manager on the job came over and said, this is not acceptable. And I said, well, what is it? And she said, well, while you were having all this custom piece made, we went ahead and had the flooring done and there's tile here and there's carpet here. And this now granted a 45 foot custom run curved installed. And it was off by a half, a half of an inch all at the, it was perfect on the left side, but on the right side, it was off by half an inch. And I said, um, yes, ma'am. What would you like for me to do here? Like what? Yes. Yes, ma'am. What would you like us to do here? We literally had to come in, shave off the back, do all kinds of things. And I'm like, if everybody had talked, you know, if I could have just talked to the flooring guys, I think we could have, you know, helped each other out a little bit, but um, it ended up great. It's actually a gorgeous space. And anybody that goes into that uh, VIP reception area, the way the, the, uh, the, the framers, the, the, uh, contractors, everybody worked together. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous space. If anybody gets a chance to go there, I think you'd like it. And we made the flooring guys look good. That's good. Just thought I'd let you know. I, I, I didn't throw anybody in the bus. The I just took trades it. need to be united. Yes. 
Absolutely. I, um, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of talking to other contractors and making sure that we can help each other out. So, um, what's next? What, what, what's on the horizon for Starnet? I mean, we're in, we're in 2021. What do you see as, as the vision for coming up? Well, there's been massive disruption in the industry. You know, we're, um, we've seen challenges in the past, mostly economic. So now, you know, the, the pandemic has got people, um, rethinking their office strategy. And, you know, I personally I have a lot of faith and we've been sharing uh, the vendor or the manufacturers as well as our, our members have been, you know, they're looking for, for lights at the end of the tunnel. So I have full faith that any business that wants to remain innovative and attract and retain the best talent has to have great interior space. And uh, I heard this before uh, many years ago when people you know, wireless was first rolling out and people said, well, if you can work in Central Park, why would you go to the office? And that's 25 years ago. So from my perspective, the need for connection, the need for team space, the need to have people come together in great interiors is time. From uh, the hey, Mark, Mark, how about the need for, yeah, how about the need for, career advancement, the need for mentors, the need for competition, because I've worked in larger companies and you know who the leads go to? The leads go to the people that the person sees. When a leader in the company gets a lead with a, with a buddy of theirs and they're looking for a salesperson to give it to or a team to lean on, it's the, it, you really think they're going to go, oh, I need to get on Zoom and try to figure out who I'm going to give this lead to. No, it's freaking... Tom, that's been coming to the office for the last two months, and he's there. Hey, Tom, I got, hey, Tom, you got a minute. That's life. That's never going to change, ever, ever. And that's what's going to get people back to the office. So there, there's been massive structural disruption. A&D has been disrupted. The, the bidding process has been disrupted. Everything's been disrupted. So for a short period of time, there's going to be much, the, the folks last year that were finishing big bid work, actually did okay. The people that suffered last year in 2020 were the negotiators, the folks that did a lot of hands-on work that really spent a lot of time with clients working with them, not doing tender work. I think it's going to change this year and that uh, bid work is going to start to come back a little bit. There's still a lot of disruption at the AMD level, so there's going to be a delay on specifications. But the winners in the marketplace this year will be those negotiating firms. And how we originally got connected was um, Starnet had put together a digital presence that would emulate our physical presence. So we have over 360 physical locations in our network. We had one website and then each member had their own website, but there wasn't any scale to it. It wasn't connected. You know, they would, and we appreciated, they would always say, well, we're a Starnet member on their website. So in addition to their own website, Starnet now has a consistent website look where uh, the main branding is Starnet, but each individual member has their own uh, capability that they can populate on the website. And that's how we got connected because we are reaching out to facility management folks through multiple outlets. And we wanted to give them an easy, consistent path to find uh, Starnet members in Kansas City, New York, or, or Seattle, like we had talked earlier, in order to get people back to work. 
So this isn't big construction projects. This I need to manage these two or three different rooms inside my building. And StarNet members are really quick to respond to those requests. And some of them have capabilities beyond floor covering. So some of them are in ceilings, some of them do movable walls, they do access flooring. So there's solution providers beyond that in, in uh, this back to work. How do I get people back to work? How do I help people be more comfortable back to work? And work could be healthcare, office, K through 12, university, you know, it doesn't matter what segment it's in, it's the same issue. Getting people back to being productive in these great spaces we have all over the country. I love it. I love it. That's a positive note. And you know what? If somebody wanted to, you know, get in touch with you, learn more about StarNet, you know, kind of just pick your brain. Maybe they've got a project coming up and they kind of just, they want to talk to you about it. Like, like how would they get in touch with you, Mark? So, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, Mark at StarNetFlooring.com and our website's uh, www.StarNetFlooring.com. And uh, on there, there's a member locator. So, you know, you can find our members all over and it actually details what services they provide and uh, project photos and things like that. So even if someone's just curious and they wanna see some great work, uh, every year we do the StarNet Design Awards, which members and the manufacturers who work with them put in uh, nominations by segment. And we have uh, uh, a long history of that. I think it's going on year 13 or something, something like that. So there are hundreds and hundreds of projects on the website through the design awards where they can see the best of the project work for the uh, past uh, uh, few decades. And it's interesting because you can also see the changes in interior styling. So if someone's a, a bit of a historian uh, and interested in that, they can see that. But the thing I like about the design awards is it shows you the best of what's possible. And then Love what it. you're comfortable with you know, you, you could say, well, uh, I know what's the best of what's possible, but I'm comfortable with 80% of that or 70% of that. And the StarNet members can help with, with all those things. Well, I'm a big, I'm a big fan. You know, you, you and I both know, we've both talked about being up at Neocon and we, you and I have probably been at multiple Neocons together. I'm yeah. standing on a, a, a beautiful uh, shawl contract, uh, flooring one of their best products ever. It's sound absorbing, it's wonderful. No, they did not pay me to say that. I'm just a huge fan of their products. I've done a lot of networking with Shaw through the years, uh, decades of it. So I am a, um, I, I understand the flooring industry, but I learned so much more today. So Mark, thank you for taking time. Thank you. Appreciate really it. enjoyed it. And, uh, and thank you everybody for listening. And if you really want to learn more, I'll put all of uh, Mark's contacts and, and links in the, uh, in the show notes. And again, I got to say, uh, Mark didn't pay me anything to be on the podcast. I am just a huge fan of, of him as a human being and everything he's doing at StarNet. Thanks again for coming on, Mark. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Office Marketing Podcast. Be sure to join the conversation on our YouTube channel, LinkedIn, and Facebook pages. If you enjoyed the episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.